Hello and welcome to Marketing Connected. I'm your host, Rizwana Manjur. Following the success of our Survival Instinct series, we're now launching a brand new initiative titled Life After Advertising. Life After Advertising was created amidst the global COVID-19 pandemic, which saw many ad professionals having to leave the industry and hit restart on their professional careers. Over the next few weeks, we will speak to some of the most iconic individuals in Adland who have now shifted gears and we'll find out how they've redirected their careers. In this week's episode, we host Matthew Godfrey, who was formerly president of YNR Asia and is now CEO of Nutrition Innovation, a global food science company. Matthew had an illustrious career spanning 21 years in the ad industry, and his last role as president of YNR was one where he oversaw operations of YNR Advertising, VML, and Lab Store, which in total had 38 offices in 13 countries. Let's hear his story. Hi, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us. So tell us a little bit about where you're at now and what you're doing. Um, my pleasure, Riz, and thanks for having me. I'm, I'm the CEO of a company called Nutrition Innovation. It's a, a company that's using natural bioactive uh, plant compounds to fundamentally change the foods that we eat, a lot to do with, with some of the sugars we eat, so that we can tackle some of the major problems in the world, such as diabetes, obesity, and all the way through to dealing with problems such as anti-anxiety, anti-inflammatory illnesses. So fundamentally, we're trying to use bioactive compounds to change the world. Wow. How did you decide that that's going to be your next move from advertising, which, to be honest, sounds vastly different from what you're doing right now? Well, how, how do you not? Um, you know, when, when you're given the opportunity to immerse yourself in a fast-moving space, a, a world that's rapidly emerging in terms of food science, in an industry which is being invested in all around the world. I mean, food tech is one of the fastest growing areas of technology in the world. It's been part of the Singapore government's investment structure. And then you, you meet the founder of our company, which is a gentleman called Dr. David Kanar, who's a, a true expert and one of Australia's leading scientists in this space. You just look at that opportunity and you say, well, this, this is, a, is a game changer. How could I not give some of my skills and expertise to help try to bring his vision to life? So how did you decide that it was time for a shift from the ad world? When was the idea seeded in your head that you had to make this move? So part of all this is working in, in, in communication and looking at customer problems. So if you're working in food and food communication problems, that doesn't matter which brand you're working on, you would know that your customers are trying to develop solutions which are on trend natural, less processed, um, more like mother used to make or more like it used to home making used to, used to be. Customers are looking for, for healthier sugars, healthier solutions, and they're not looking for chemicals. So if you were in any way connected to advertising on, in a food company, you would know that that's the trend. And so, so it's, it's not like there's such a dramatic shift or, or an awakening. As I was involved in a lot of those sectors and a lot of those brands, you kind of know this is where the, the industry is heading. And so it's, it's not as different as it seems. It's more of just seeing how customers are dealing with these solutions and then being part of actually, well, I'm going to help a customer find some of those solutions, started working in the innovation space, started looking for food tech innovation, came across um, Dr. Kanara and his innovation and started helping him connect 
some of his ideas to some of the big brands. And that's how it started. And it's just taken off from then. Yep. So tell us a little bit about what your role is at Nutrition Innovation Group. You told us about the company, but what do you really do? So as a CEO, my job is to take the ideas that, that Dr. Kadar has um, and then commercialize them around the world. And so our, our business model is technology licensing. Mm-hmm. So we create the IP, we create the knowledge of how to make these products and how to make these solutions. And then we form partnerships with, with people all over the world so that they can produce these products and take them to their customers. Mm-hmm. So uh, we now operate with partners in uh, as diverse as Australia, New Zealand, Malaysia, Thailand, Southern Africa, Brazil, Central America, and you know, we're active across Europe as well. So we're now working in across continents, time zones to really find partners who want to take our solutions to market. And currently we're sitting in Singapore, but just up the road um, in Malaysia, one of our best partners is, is a company called CSR Malaysia. They're one of the region's leading sugar manufacturers. They've really supported us by taking our technology and launching it to the market in Malaysia. In Malaysia, it's a product called the Better Brown or Better Brown. It's made by uh, using our technology. They've taken it out and, and now they're you know, getting very significant market share in the retail sector. They've launched it in Singapore uh, and shortly we'll be launching with them in, in places like the Middle East as well. Mm. So my job is to find those customers, put together those programs, put together the agreements and, and then drive the business forward. And, and we have a range of different products. So we have some in commercial use, which are available and Singaporeans are buying them and, and eating with them. Um, and then we have others which are in R&D and, and will be launched in 12 and 18 months time and, and across a range of sectors. So th- there's a, a, a whole gamut of things to do. It's, um, uh, I don't think I've ever been um, busier. There's not enough hours in the day to, to achieve all the things we need to achieve. So Matt, we've had very little interaction um, professionally between you and I since you moved from YNR. Um, so tell me a little bit about how it's been like for you as the world changes so much and, you know, we're all surrounded by the news of COVID-19. How has that impacted you guys? Do you feel that yours is an industry that has sustained through this period? Well, I mean, so first of all, yes, the world is implied. There's a tragic and horrific stories everywhere. So nobody's not affected. And it's uh, sometimes on a personal level, sometimes on a corporate level. So uh, it, it, is a, it is a tragic uh, scenario that everybody, um, I think, is feeling the impact. In that context, however, I, I think it's no surprise that food security and uh, supply chains were really deemed as essential services by governments all around the world. So the sector that we operate in, which is, which is food services and sugar supplies, was deemed an essential service. And so we're, we're very lucky and blessed that all of our partners that we operate with in all those countries I talked about mm-hmm. were deemed to be essential services to keep operating in all these markets. And so we're, we're quite lucky and blessed in some ways because we, we were able to work with them still on a 24-7 basis because of that scenario. So as an industry, um, I think we've, we've had more positive impacts than, than negative impacts, although it's a, a whole raft of, of new ways to engage with people and new ways to deal with things. Secondly, if you're in a crop industry, which, which we are, the, the weather doesn't care what's happening in political circles or even COVID circles. And so crops are growing. And so we've had some scenarios where the crop is starting. You have to get your technology into that market, into operation before the crop comes. And so there were some real challenges about how do you get that done remotely without going on site? How do you get access to that site in a safe way? 
Um, because if you miss that deadline, then the next time you can do it is the following season when the crop comes. So you don't miss those crazy ad world deadlines that much, do you? I still have those crazy deadlines. If, if anybody thinks that uh, moving out of uh, communication circles will alleviate you from crazy deadlines, uh, <laughs> then think again. Please stay where you are. Those, <laughs> those deadlines are a, 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 a fact of life, innovation, and um, yeah, achievement. If you don't have crazy deadlines, you're probably not moving fast enough. Yep, I couldn't agree more. It's the hard reality of the world we live in today. So your last role was with YNR, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you were there seven years where a chunk of it was as president of YNR, right? Yes, I think that's pretty much right, yes. So I was president from 2010 to 2017. I guess a lot of your skills were transferable, the management of crazy deadlines being one that we just spoke about. Um, but what are some of the other AdWorld skills that you helped uh, or rather you felt that helped you the most um, when you took on this role? I think fundamentally when you look at, you know, advertising, communication, I, I like to think it's a solution business. Customers have problems and our task is to find solutions. I think the limitation of a lot of, if you like, communication people, they think that solution has to be defined by a, a medium. And, and it might be, yes, I'm in the solutions business, but I do retail. Or I'm in solutions and I do e-commerce. I do solutions, but I do media. But actually, when you step back from it and you spend all your career, and this is in a lot of people in the industry, just looking for fine solutions, you take the medium out of it and say, actually, now my challenge is, is, is to have lateral thinking abilities, solution-orientated thinking. But now I'm going to solve a problem of how do I get a partnership in Southern Africa? You're applying a lot of the same thinking, a lot of the same skills, but you're just shifting gears in terms of the media you apply that to. Mm. And so I think, I think one, of the, one of the things that, prepares advertising people so well for commercial life in any other industry is if you can really hone your solution skills and understand that that's what your core competence is mm. and you're not connected to the media, you'll actually, um, I think, succeed and liberate yourself from, from in any industry. If, however, you are so desperately connected to the media, you can only think in that terms of solution, then you're, you're only going to be valued in, in a particular sector of communication advertising. Uh, another analogy might be a writer. If, if you've been a, a journalist for many years and you think you can write short copy because you can write short pieces, well, actually, if you're just trying to tell a story, you might have other skills which are uh, relevant in other industries. Mm. But if you define yourself by short copy, you'll only ever do one particular thing. But actually, your skill set and your insights can be much broader and more valued. Well said, Matt. When you look at the industry now, um do you find yourself breathing a sigh of relief that maybe you're not in it when there's so much turmoil? To be honest, I'm, I'm not sure I'm following the, the industry uh, well enough to have a kind of an educated view on this. There's, there's a lot, lot more people who've got a, a better view than, than me. Uh, the sectors I spend my, my time in is primarily in things like, uh, as I say, food tech, which is, uh, is a really exciting and fast growing um, industry. So particularly in this environment, I, I think our strategy um, or actually my strategy was to, to focus on all the things we could control and could manage and, and anything that is out of my control and anything uh, that uh, I'm not capable of managing, then, then it's just, just noise and let's not look at it. I don't spend so much time, but I, I have kind of a, a viewpoint, which is obviously as an industry, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult. I mean, it, it already is, and you don't need to me to, to share the stories of difficulty. However, I firmly believe on a company level, it still could be the best year ever. And, and why I say that, if, you, if you're a communication agency, 
and you win a new piece of business this year, that business is incremental to you, you still could have your best year. So the industry might be down, Mm -hmm. but each particular company has the opportunity to go out and find a new piece of business, a new um, service, create new opportunities for your people, and that will be positive incremental growth. And I, I have heard stories even in the last two weeks of friends of mine who've won a piece of business and they're over the moon. That's because it's, it's going to cause them to have good growth, good opportunities, good development and opportunities for their people as well. So I think um, as an industry, it's difficult, but each individual company, each person inside a company, you can't control the industry. It'll be what it'll be. Mm -hmm. All you can control is the relationships you have with your customers and the relationship you have with new customers. Focus on that get those good opportunities and you still could have the best year. And, and that's irrespective of, of the genre you're in, everything from, from PR to programmatic solutions, irrespective of the genre you're in. So regardless of whether you're in PR, uh, e-commerce, retail, media, doesn't matter what segment of communications you're in, your segment could be 10, 20% down. But if you set your mind to it, you find the right customers, provide the right solutions, you could still have positive growth in the best year ever. So don't get taken down by an industry parameter because you're not in charge of the industry. All you're in charge of is your business, your customers, your solutions. And so, you know, get out there and and get it done. But it is a lot harder now, Matt. I mean, you see pitches with over 20 agencies from all walks of life pitching for an account that might not even be deemed um, traditionally what we would think of as a large account. So my heart does go out to the agencies having such massive competition at every turn. Yeah, there's lots of talk of, of new normal. I'm not sure that ever ever changed. Uh, I was involved in pitches with her 26, 27 agencies and, and that's going to continue on. Um, I would say two things about that. One, that's going to be tough. It's just going to mean you're going to have to bring your A game more. Secondly, I, I think to spin around I, I would say that clients across the industry should realize that actually in this environment, agencies don't have the capacity, the time to spend whittling away through 26 different chances to win. Secondly, if you're a client, you don't have the time to evaluate 26 different solutions. And if you think you need to see 26 different solutions before you can pick one that works, you don't know what your problem is. And by the time you've done that, you've lost three months in going to market. And that three months, you're not going to get back again. So I would say also from a client perspective, your best ability is to focus. Focus on what your problem is, narrow down the types of companies you want to see, have less, but go deeper with them and get to a solution quicker that you can actually take to market. But most pitches are so general and vague that 26 agencies do a whole bunch of work. The client goes, right, thank you. We're not going to run that. Now here's the real brief after they select somebody. The time, cost, effort that the client made to make that solution is an old world model based on old world timings. And you no longer have that luxury. You've got to move faster and quicker. So I think clients who, who are pitching 20, 25 agencies, my advice would be to what are you doing? Stop that. Think again and have a quicker route to market because the quicker you get to a solution, which is going to get your market share, the more beneficial you'll be in actually being, having a competitive advantage. The more you're going through all through models of evaluation, the less likely you are to succeed and the more likely somebody will take your, your market share. So I think it's wrong for the agency and I think it's wrong for the client. And I think there's probably better ways to conduct agency selection than a, some sort of long drawn out American Idol style culling <laughs> of the masses. Are there any skills that you felt that you had to unlearn when you took on this role? Definitely new skills to learn. I'm involved in in sectors which are not my area of core competence, Uh, nutrition science, chemical science, 
food analytics. And so I wouldn't say I had to unlearn anything, but it's quite refreshing uh, to spend a lot of your time almost as a student again mm. and having to study new sectors, new spaces. And, and I think one of the things which is not healthy in, in communications industry is people think they've learned it and people don't have a ongoing sense of it's their responsibility to keep current. But if you, if you look at communications in general, it's one of the rapidly changing, I guess, industries on the, on the planet. And if you knew it just one year ago, it's not relevant today. Things are changing so quickly. And so what I did learn was the importance of self-education on the job all the time, always sharpening your skills. And so if I had my time back again, I'd probably spend more time constantly educating myself on new sectors, new spaces, new places. But if you're comfortable in the sector and you think you can, you can, you've got that sector cover, you've got less um, ambition and hunger to do so. I, I think you, you kind of got to go out, your, out of the comfort zone to, to realize that actually I don't know much as I, as, as I thought I did. It's time to go to school again. When you left the industry, Weinar was a prominent standalone brand under WPP. A lot has changed since then. For one, YNR is now known as VML YNR, and it has completely evolved in how it conducts its business or the work it produces, the clients it works with. So when you heard of the news come out um, of the rejuvenation of an iconic ad brand, what was your reaction like? I think Tripti is an amazing leader. I've, I've known Tripti since 2000 and I want to say, oh, six. She is one of the, the industry's most vibrant and visionary leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could be more happy that uh, they selected her to, to take on this new entity, this idea that you could take the best of an ideas agency and the progressive powerhouse that is VML into, into new operation, I thought was perfect. But I also thought that uh, they had the, the right leadership team. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm cheering from the sidelines, the right people doing the right thing um, and not getting hung up on, on legacy too much, just looking forward about the future and what customers in the industry needs and, and yeah, leaning in and going for it. I think it's the right move and I think they've got the right people doing the, the, the right thing. So let me ask you a bit of a maybe controversial question. Is there anything you hated when you were in the ad world? Most people know this story. I, I wrote uh, my first ad when I was about, I think I was in sixth grade. Um, I always thought I'd do advertising. It's all I've ever wanted to do. There, there are obviously days and, and uh, meetings which were always difficult. There is challenges which you, you thought you wouldn't get out of, but, but there's nothing that I, I'd say, oh well, my gosh, that's an industry I, I don't like. The, the, the people, the challenges, the diversity of issues, there's nothing that I'd say which you know, would scare you off or scare anybody else coming, coming in. It, it's difficult, it's hard. I think the one thing that I think is still present today, which I think um, still needs to change, and it goes back to something we said earlier, which is I think the agencies and communications still define themselves around uh, what you need is communication. And I still think we're all missing the trick. And you know, setting up your own business, running your own company, building up a global organization, you rapidly come to the vision that not all solutions or problems are going to be solved by communication. There, there can be very lateral and interesting ways to change a business, change a brand, change a company. And agency people need to think less about the execution and more about the business problem and really focus on providing that solution in the most simple, scalable way so clients can really change their business and not so worry, not worry so much about you know, what, what is the medium for that, for that solution. 
I know that's kind of easier said than done, but we tend to be in a business which is focused on output and time as opposed to solution. And uh, on the whole, I think that's where the industry needs to shift to back to solutions rather than time-based or output-based. Do you have any regrets leaving the industry? No, I think the industry is doing well without me. Um, and uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it'll, it'll happily rock on. One of the things is you know, sitting in your own company, you, you can still dabble in all the bits you love. So in the past two years, we've worked with PR agencies in Singapore, Malaysia, and Australia. I've worked with designers in Philippines, LA, and Canada. Uh, we've worked with um, social media consultants in uh, Singapore. We've worked with uh, web designers in uh, LA. And uh, we're currently working with a, a video content production company uh, based out of, of New Zealand. So there's, uh, we're, we're working on uh, celebrity endorsement programs um, in, uh, in various markets. So you're never that far away from uh, these types of industry solutions. So if I if ever need a little bit of kind of advertising loving, I, I you know, we run our own company, we run our own brand. I still can call somebody up and do some things. It's, 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 it's not that hard. The other good bit is I get to get to have the brief and I get to make the decision as well. So it's even more fun. But now we've, we've done some, some fun things with some fun companies uh, uh, around the world. And in no cases have we had a ever held a pitch uh, you know, call up people that I know. I mean, shout out to a few people. Uh, I called up um, a, f- a famous name um, in advertising, Paul Heath, who's now based in Sao Paulo. I called him and said, we're, we're launching. I need some support. Uh, do you have any people you recommend? Uh, he put me in touch with uh, a, an agency that he that he knew in Sao Paulo. And, and so I, I went to see them and said, if Paul Heath recommends you, you're then good for me, let's go. And we, we did a great deal of work with them. We launched our product, we launched our brand. They went above and beyond the, the, the call of duty. And, and yeah, so it was, it was great fun. Matt, do you think your years in the industry has made you a nicer client? I, I think I'm a nice client. I, I think, um, uh, like, like, you know, uh, again, uh, I'm not sure I was a nice anything, but I, I, we, like everybody else, we've got deadlines, we've got opinions. Um, I think what we're, how I approach things though is, is you're going to get something for nothing. And so how we approach things as a, as a business is we're not looking for something for nothing. If we call you and ask you to do, to work for us, we're, we're, we don't want to do it. You do it for free. We understand that this is a business. You're running a business. We want a good solution. We want your best people. We want ideas and we're going to pay for it. But at the same time, we're, we're an early stage company. You know, time is, is literally money. And so we're, we're going to move fast. We want, we want solutions fast. And so that's just, a, a, I think, a fair and equitable relationship. And, and that's how, how we like to, to, to run our partnerships. Do you think now that you are on the client side, you're more prudent in the way you spend money and your marketing budget? Obviously, um, uh, the idea that, that uh, clients let you uh, uh, waste money is, is neither here nor there. I think, I think uh, all the clients I worked with were, we're extreme, extremely um, uh, calculating in, in their risk investment, so so no change there. And if you ever worked with WPP or publicists, you know they're very prudent with their funds as well. So I've never been in an environment where you could be uh, flamboyant with with money other than your own. And so so this is different. Though this is this is a lot of our a lot of our funds are, are yes our own funds, but we have investors as well. So you know we have to be. Um, uh, demonstrate returns and momentum like any other business. And so 
yeah, it's 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 a, it's about smart investments and, and getting momentum. So so if it's if it's done right, then that's not a waste of money. It's it's a it's a good use of money. Last question before we let you go: Would we ever see you reemerge in the world of advertising? I think it's the other way around. One when, when I'm following my passion, we've got we've got um, a pipeline of new products which extend out in the next next few years. I'm a part owner of this company, so so look, I'm I'm fully committed. But I think it's the other way around, which is I think the the leaderships across Asia Pacific. Um, the talent that's in the market, you know, is is inspiring and strong, and there's some really good people creating their own business, their their own path. So, it'd be the other way around, which is what would advertising do with me? It's doing very well without me, thank you. So, I think it's win-win. Food tech gets some uh, new blood and excitement, and advertising gets to to rock on. So, I think it's it's a win-win scenario. That concludes this week's episode of Life After Advertising. To stay on top of trends. Learn to reskill and upskill your capabilities and grow your professional network. Head to www.marketing-interactive.com. We'll see you there.